This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 179. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. On episode 179 we do another themed month episode. Thus far in 2019 when we started these little themed episodes we've covered some pretty amazing ground. In January we did John Carpenter January. In February we did Fabio Frizzy February. And then, last month, it was a little bit of March Madness. This month, we're turning our attention to, well, to be honest, I'll, I'll be honest, let's put the cards on the table here. Let's let's peek behind the curtain. Just peek. Just peek a little bit behind the curtain. Um, this was an excuse for me to watch uh, a Blu-ray that I purchased uh, last year. What did I say it was last year? But yeah, the theme is Alien April. That's right. Aliens. Motherfucking aliens. Other world life forms. And I could have went down many different avenues. If you've been checking out the Instagram, you'll know that we've recently started doing a bit more Instagram video content. But I could have went down a number of different avenues for this one. And what I settled on was uh, (laughs) the second site fucking Uber release of a little quirky movie from 1982 called Extro. Um, So yeah, that's the movie. That's the movie we're going to be doing. A movie that I've only ever seen once before, but I saw it at a formative age. I'm talking about nine, ten years old, and it terrified the ever-loving piss out of me. So we're returning to check it out, see if it holds up and get into all the shenanigans. But a movie which I can say hand on heart is absolutely, truly fucking bonkers. Um, and it holds, like, I don't know, I, I, I was expecting to come back and dislike it, uh, but I don't know if it's because I've been watching a lot of Italian horror over the last couple of years but, uh, and I don't want to give away my grade but fucking awesome uh, but yeah so we're going to be chatting about Extro after the first break kicking off a brand new week of podcasts under the stairs content this is a six episode week ladies and gents that's right do not adjust that dial there is a ton of stuff coming your way what's coming our way I hear you shout dear listener don't know why I made you have that voice because most of you talk normal. I say most of you because I don't know if all of you talk normal. Um, so what is coming this month? Well, well, this month, this week, uh, tons, tons coming this week. We are finishing off our look at the 10 Tales of Woe series. That's right, bringing that mofo to a close in spectacular fashion, ladies and gents. This week we will be covering Absentia, Lake Mungo and Pulse. Now I will say about Pulse, Scotland Lane vs Evil have just put out and it would not be a podcast under the stairs episode without me directing your attention that way. If you want to hear both sides of the coin on that review, as in someone likes it and someone doesn't like it, then go across and check out Scotland Lane vs Evil. That's their episode this week. Also, like I say, I'll be doing Lake Mungo and Absentia. So that 
will be your three episodes covering um, the <laughs> the plethora uh, and closing out the 10 tales of both series and what a series it has been. You will also get a bonus review on Thursday. That is Movie Club with the listener reviews of Housebound. You have until Wednesday to get your reviews in for that. You will then also have at the end of the week a uh, slasher classics episode. This number eight is Dead of Winter. And that will be your six episodes this week, ladies and gents. And obviously kicking off the week in style with some extras. So, so, ladies and gents out there, are you fucking ready? I hope you are. I hope you're in the zone because what we're going to do is we're going to take a very short break just now. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear a little bit of music. You're going to hear the trailer for Extra. And when I come back, I'm discussing this fucking mad, crazy little movie and a whole hell of a lot more right after this. This is a test of the emergency podcasting system. Listen to the Psychosemantic Podcast. Politics, movies, and political movies. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, legionpodcasts.com, the Psychosemantic Podcast. Surely come Is this the dark before the light? 
you've just heard the trailer for our feature movie review of this special April themed episode it's motherfucking aliens time ladies and gents we're looking at Extro from 1982 directed by Harry Bromley Davenport 
who also does a score, and we're going to get into that in a second. The score is fucking bitching. But, but, let's hold it. Hold. Rain it back. There is a ton of writing credits on this one, so um, it went through several rewrites, which you can understand when you see the movie. Um, but let's, let's jump into the cast list here. Uh, we have Philip Sayer, Bernice Stegers, Danny Brannanen, uh, Marim Diablo, Simon Nash, Peter Mandel, David Cardy, Anna Wing, Robert Fife, Catherine Best, Robert Pereno, Sean Crawford, Tim Dry, uh, Susie Silvely, and Arthur Wybrow. Uh, the synopsis for this one. Oh, let's get sexy. It says, a man who was abducted by aliens returns to his family three years later, but his presence affects them negatively, which will be the understatement of the year, ladies and gents. Understatement of the year. So, Extro, a movie that came out in 1982, in December apparently in the UK, how this one never got on the nasty list, uh, I think it didn't make the third tier nasty list, which meant you could be, um, I think the movie could be confiscated under obscenity, but only if you were found holding it but you would not get in trouble for renting it. So there is the logic of the video nasties list straight away. So this is third tier nasty. Um, but having went through the nasties, I would say that this one has things in it that are infinitely more disturbing than the majority of movies on that list. So it's kind of funny to see how weird the system was back then on what made it and what didn't make it. Probably because it had a little alien on it and be because it had a name like Extro. Um, maybe the, the people that were looking into it from a censor position were like that, well it doesn't have a power tool in the name so, you know, and there isn't anything you know, mentioning cannibalism or anything on top of it, so we'll be fine we'll be fine um, interestingly enough, Extro has all of that it's so fucking weird so yeah, I'm so excited to talk about this movie because I watched it two nights ago and it's the first time I've seen it since like I said before, I've got very strong memories of seeing this about nine, ten years old. Um, how this one got through the, the the parental sensor, I have no idea. I know I'd seen some pretty dodgy movies, but I remember this one just being a fucking terrifying experience from about the five minute mark when probably argumentatively, argumentatively speaking, the most um, disturbing scene, well... Not the most disturbing scene in the movie, but that scene that gets shared and a bit a million uh, gifts and all the rest appears in the movie completely out of context. But when you see it in context of this movie, it's still kind of out of context. Um, yeah, this is a movie I saw way too young, and I I kind of felt that coming back to watch it for this, it gave me an excuse to, to break out this fucking incredible second sight Blu-ray, which we'll talk about at the end, because it really is the, the work they've done for this movie baffles me, considering how niche and cult this movie actually is, to see a release like this of this movie with ostensibly four versions of the movie on the Blu-ray it just blows my mind, but I digress again. Let's rein it back a second, and let's kind of talk about yeah, me checking this movie out way too young, being wholly disturbed by it, and then thinking very strongly that going to come back to this as an adult, I'm not going to I'm not going to dig it, it's not going to have the impact and yes it didn't scare me at all but the stuff you can mine out this movie is fucking crazy, how a movie like this exists from the UK 
blows my mind because this is the sort of movie that you would expect, I don't know, something along the lines of the Italians to be putting out because uh, it has a lot going on here which shares a weird kind of hybrid brain with uh, things like Fulci and particularly the kind of sci-fi stuff that someone like uh, Sergio Martino was doing um, from that part of the world. So to see those qualities being carried over and delivered by Shakespearean actors uh, funded by money from New Line. Uh, so Bob Shea is uh, one of the producers of this movie. New Line coughed up half the cash. Now this is, what, three years before New Line would become the house that Freddy built. So they were desperately trying to get anything weird uh, anything horror based and they kind of funneled some money into this and it just blows my mind that this happens the <laughs> the Blu-ray itself the second sight Blu-ray has four versions of this movie it has the original version the version with the alternative ending the version that was used for the original UK video release in a brand new edit edited in 2018 by Harry Bromley Davenport um, where he has went in himself and augmented and updated some of the visuals. So that's the version I watched for this. I wasn't going to go back and watch that original version from the, the 80s cut that made its way to VHS. I'm like that. If they've got the director to sit back down and re-edit the movie for a 2018 audience, that's kind of the one I want to watch. I can't say that in the next week I'll go back and check the original cut, but I will definitely this year check out the original cut just to see how I feel about it, um, what what is going on with this movie, uh, but yeah, so there we go, the original UK cinema release had a different ending according to IMDb, um, to the version released on video, so I don't know if the ending I've watched at all is the original ending that the UK cinema goers back in December, this was like released at Christmas time, which once again just makes me smile in 1982. Currently IMDb it says UK cinema release had a totally different ending to the version released onto video. Following the scene where the alien, aka Sam, takes his son up to the spacecraft, the cinema ends showing Bernice arriving home to find a house full of exact doubles of her son, which are presumably hatched from the eggs shown earlier in the film. So that's not the version ending that I saw in either the VHS ending uh, back in the 80s or the version which we saw in the 2018 cut it says uh, which all say mummy as she enters the room the video release however has her arriving home to find her bathroom full of the aforementioned alien eggs and she goes to have a closer look one of them cracks open in an alien sucker device same one as used that attacked the blonde woman near the beginning of the film bursts out and clamps over her mouth the cinema's happy ending version has also been shown on the UK sci-fi channel. So yeah, the version in the 2018 one is the far more nihilistic ending and once again, we're gonna get to that. Holy shit, is this movie bleak, dark and without joy? Uh, which is one of the reasons, like the more you dig into this, the more you just find out fucking amazing information. Roger Ebert hated this movie. He called it a nasty little movie, a nihilistic little movie, uh, a bad monster movie. 
Uh, now, granted, Roger Ebert was not the crowd for this sort of movie, but the fact you hear him speak with such disdain and vitriol kind of does a movie like this the world of good if you're a horror fan. We didn't have Siskel and Ebert in the UK, we had Barry Norman. Um, but I imagine if Barry Norman went on a tirade about this movie, it would just bolster horror fans to go and check the movie even more. That's what happens. That's what it does. Um, the second site, Blu-ray... I mean, it looks great. The remastered the score. If you buy the Digibox version, which is what I got, you get, and I'm opening it up, listen. Listen to the sound. Oh, it's the sound of cardboard on cardboard, ladies and gents. Um, you get um, limited edition packaging, new restoration option with alternate endings, plus a UK original video edit, a 2018 director's cut, Exploring Extra, a new 57-minute documentary featuring interviews with Harry Bromley Davenport, Mark Forster, Starter, Bernice Stegers, Susie Sively, Tim Dry, Sean Crawford, Robert Perino, Alan Jones, the um, author and movie critic, and Craig Lapper. The World of Extra, a new feature with Dennis Atherton, Harry Bromley Davenport and Mark Forster. Beyond Extra, you get um, the new featurette with Harry Bromley Davenport and Mark Forrester looking ahead to the reboot of Extra, The Big One, an exclusive test footage. I didn't even know this was a thing, so there you go. Um, Extra Exposed and Loving the Alien, a tribute to Philip Sayer, uh, featuring exclusive Brian May musical tribute. There you go. Soft cover book with new writing by Kevin Lyons plus publicity stills and the original soundtrack on CD. So you get that CD soundtrack, which is kind of amazing. I love a little bit of CD soundtrack, and that's what you get on this one. So you can play it. And the soundtrack written by the director is one of the best things about this movie, alongside the incredible special effects. The movie itself has... Uh, well, this is an alien rip-off movie, so let's get to that straight away. Regardless what they see in the, the documentaries which I watched this morning about them trying to write a monster movie and that morphing and changing all the rest. This one owes so much to Alien, it's incredible, but it's so much more than Alien. So much more, ladies and gents. Um, the movie is basically starts off with father and son out of that farmhouse. The father throws a bit of wood up into the sky and um, it cracks the sky, so to speak, thinking about Mastodon, you know what I'm saying? My brother's a Mastodon. Cracks the sky and aliens abduct the dad. Uh, three years later, he returns by way of one of the most gruesome re-entries of a character of all time. Because they're like, if Alien has the chest buster, we have to outdo that. And by God, do they outdo that in this movie. So, uh, Alien spacecraft lands. It drops off a crab-crawling creature, which is the scene that, like I say, scarred me as a child. Um, this creature kills... A passerby um, and then impregnates a woman uh, at our house which is even weirder um, and not only does it impregnate this woman this woman then births uh, in graphic fashion Sam the dad uh, the alien version of Sam comes back birth through her full size and then gnaws through his fucking umbilical cord oh it's so gnarly um, he then returns back to his home uh, where he, you know, he's been away for three years, the wife's moved on, she's got a new boyfriend, um, the son has never really given up hopes that the dad will come back, and he 
transfers a like a part of his alien power to his son, which basically means whatever his son wills into being will happen. And it just so happens his son wills into being a lot of toys because he's a kind of he's a loner kid at school, doesn't have many friends. So his toys all get manifested as real people or like deadly. So he's got like a little remote control tank. That tank like actually ends up firing real gels. Um, and stuff, so he wills things that he got, like wills a panther into being for no fucking reason. And you know, like an a, a clown toy which becomes a creepy clown with a fucking hammer that will batter the shit out of you, even though it is floppy. Yeah, we're getting into that. So yeah, so there's all that happening as well in the movie, but basically the dad comes back, his son has powers, there's suspicion from the from the wife's new boyfriend that maybe something sinister's going on here. It's unclear what the dad's plan is we go through quite a few deaths in this movie gnarly scenes people having like their stomachs eviscerated uh, a, a babysitter being you know bashed in the head and then drained of her life life essence by by the kid um and the story ultimately finishes back and i'm racing through the plot here because it's too bonkers not to um the plot and story ends back up where it starts, back out of the cabin, uh, with the father and son walking away up into the hills. The dad by this point is like basically falling apart. He's becoming an alien. He's like a zombie alien creature. And uh, the boyfriend runs up the hill. He screams at the boyfriend, killing him, because that's the power of his scream. And as the mum runs up towards him, they disappear. The light takes him away. And like we talked about the aforementioned alternative endings uh, the ending in the version I saw has the mum return back and she finds a series of eggs uh, in her bathroom and as she lifts one up as it's pulsating it bursts open and this sucker lands over her mouth which looks like a chicken leg probably as a chicken leg in honesty uh, it's hilarious so lands on her mouth she drops to the ground thus continuing the cycle um, apparently the original cinematic end was they say happier. I don't know how happy an ending is with a series of alien boys in the room, all like kind of something like Village of the Damned. Uh, I don't know if that's any happier. I doubt it is, but there you go. And that's how it finishes. And I did not know until recording this today that there are two movies after this and a reboot planned or a continuation, uh, which seems kind of weird that they would want to continue this story. But at the same time, maybe not. I've seen Stranger Things happen. Stranger Things make their way to cinema release or even to Blu-ray release. There is a, there's a, a craving out there for these kind of grimy creature features. If you look at things like um, uh, something like The Void recently, there is a world for that sort of movie and a fan base for people that want to see that as long as the effects are practical. So it'll be interesting to see what they land there. But what was it about extra i mean the story isn't remarkable if i'm honest so what was that about extra that actually like kind of fell in love while re-watching it i think it's kind of twofold this movie deals with the subject matter remarkably seriously for a movie that is inherently goofy um i keep expecting someone to wink at the camera or, or like have a wry chuckle but you don't get any of that it, it is played i think it's mostly down to the fact that we're dealing with kind of proper actors and actresses in the movie the delivery of the lines are are handled with a bit more res resonance than you would expect and that's not to say that the acting is of a high caliber here it really isn't 
but the way they lean into the authenticity of the way they deliver things is kind of hilarious. Um, the special effects are what makes this movie. If the special effects in Alien are what really take that from being, you know, a very well-made kind of claustrophobic space slasher to elevate it to this, you know, outstanding piece of kind of sci-fi cinema, well, when you watch Extro, you can see that there was... that. I mean, some of the special effects in this movie are mind-blowing. Some of them are bad. Let's not get you know, away from ourselves here, but some of them are incredible. That crab-walking creature, right, is on screen for less than 10 seconds. So the cost to make that would have been sizable back in 1982, but someone committed to do that, to have that in that movie for 10 seconds. And it holds up. It really, really holds up. It's so weird, and the way it's shot is so dark and so twisted. Um, the scenes of the kind of, the, the body... It, Denigration, maybe, or disintegration, maybe, of of the Sam character is handled really, really well. The just the general like gore effects are done really well in the movie. Even down at the pulsating eggs, which look like water balloons. I mean, I there's so much done with them, with the use of kind of color and lightning stuff, that they actually look pretty cool. And like I say, I'm comparing this to movies from '82. Granted, the thing is out this year, uh, 1982, and the thing is incredible. Uh, but the thing has a huge budget for special effects, and Extraord is doing interesting little things alongside it uh, with a fraction of that budget. You know, it doesn't have the same clout of that one. It's a remarkably weird movie. It really, really, really is. They lean into what starts off as being like a kind of alien monster movie into some weird sort of dark fantasy movie as the as the toys start to come to life. Uh, and by the end of this movie, it's almost like a zombie movie. By the time you chart to the end, it's these bodies that are, are decaying, but still moving. These, like it, it, there's, there's whole elements in here that feel like they're from the mindset of a Filchy movie, you know what I mean? There's, a, there's maggots and there's pus and... In a lot of weird respects, there's a lot of kind of blueprint architecture here for what Clive Barker would go and do in Hellraiser. As weird as that sounds, I actually think Extro and Hellraiser would be a great fucking double bill. That's how I would put them as well. Start with Extro into Hellraiser. Um, I don't know if ever, anyone's ever thought of that as a double bill, but I think it would work great. I think you would have all the gnarliness and goofiness of Extro and then all the serious grandeur of Hellraiser paired right up with it. I think that would be, like I say, just a great double bill. Plus, you get this idea of you're not quite sure where the film is shot. It looks like it's England, but people are talking with a kind of full American accent and American dialogue. Um, so there's that as well. I think I think they would pair very well together. So the score makes the movie amazing. The special effects make the movie amazing. The acting is not great, but I love the fact that they commit to the role that they're doing. I think that works really, really, really well. Um, and then on top of that, I just think it's a weird little movie. This comes from a, from the early 80s, and you... Like I say, it, like I hadn't revisited this movie in a while. This was one I was actually going to revisit in full, not just check out clips uh, for our 80s run. And I'm not saying this is top tier... 82. It probably isn't. 82 was a stacked year. 
But I think it's worthy of conversation, just because I feel this movie's... It has that little cult following, but out with a release like this, I don't know how many people are checking out Extra. I don't know how many people are going back to see if it holds up, or if it's any better, or what's this movie about. But in general watching it, I really, really enjoyed it. Like, I enjoyed it way more than I expected to. Like I see, it is goofy, it's weird, but there's, there's a kind of... There's a love in this project, weirdly enough, that you just don't expect to carry the clout that it does. The restoration work is brilliant. I know he says he's touched up some things on that 2018 release, and you can see it in some bits. It looks like there's maybe been a bit of digital trickery done, and I'm fine with that. It doesn't look terrible uh, compared to some of the other scenes that you see in this movie, which are you know, a bit ropey when they're doing, like, the spaceship stuff, which is basically someone doing, like, early digital effects with lighting. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I love that aspect as well. Sitting down and watching it, it made me realise that sometimes things that stick with you as a child, like, specific scenes, I mean, that scene still is very jarring to watch, the one that scared me, the kind of crab-walking alien still stands out to me. But it, I didn't have an appreciation for everything else the movie was doing. Um, and how weird and goofy it is. Like, at times, like, inherently goofy, but how that goofiness, like, is done in such an abstract way in that it makes it creepy. It makes it creepy that it doesn't take this kid much pushing over the edge to start manifesting, like, toys that will do his bidding uh, to get revenge for his dead snake, which is a whole subplot in this movie. Um... It's weird how it's all constructed together. It does almost feel like partway through the shoot someone's decided it's a different movie so let's start shooting it with the same cast. But in a lot of respects that's what adds to its charm. That's what makes I think it have this grand amount of staying power. I think on top of all that when you're watching it you find very very quickly that there are other bits and bobs in here that just make you want to watch it more and more. I, I think there you can see that something like a, a TV show like Red Dwarf clearly, clearly was influenced by Extro. Um, you have elements of kind of almost street trash level gnarliness here. There's great stories about the director being flown out to New Line Cinema when they were in a scummier part down Union Square in New York City back in the early 80s when that place is dangerous. That shit's dangerous to be out there. And how his time being out there had potentially this effect, this gnarly effect on what the movie would look like. And you can kind of see it here as well. Um, the, the weird atmosphere that certain scenes are, like when you're in the city, the atmosphere is still as weird and foggy and tense as it is out in the countryside, which shouldn't work. It's two different places but it seems to work at times the the the, the colour style in this movie is very bright and light colours you don't associate with um, with horror but then when you think about something like Alien um, the, the, the spaceship is ostensibly in all the cabin areas is all white so maybe that's why he's chosen to do that way it's, it's weirdly done that way and then you go over the top and start talking about just like the levels of how ahead of the curve this synth score is like it's, it's proper synth wave just as John Carpenter starting to do synth wave but before he's done Halloween 3 so you know that works really really well it's 
It's not a masterpiece of cinema by any stretch of the imagination. I could never call it a masterpiece of cinema. It's not even necessarily a fucking great movie, but I think if you're looking for something, if you're an Italian genre fan specifically for the early 80s and you're into the weird sci-fi stuff that we're doing back then, I think Extra is a movie that you would like. If you like some Fulci, late 70s, early 80s Fulci, but with a sci-fi spin, Extra is a movie you'd like. It's weird how it kind of straddles this level of being really, really, really trashy, but at the same time, having care and attention done to the special effects, it kind of elevates it as well. It's a brilliant movie. I really, really enjoyed it. Like I say, I, I could not recommend this one to anyone out with the caveats I've already set down, but if you get a chance and it's available for yourself, sit down and get a little chance to watch uh, Extra. I think it's... I think it is worthy of reprisal, and I actually think even after mocking uh, Second Sight on the the lead up to doing this review on my Instagram, I was like, "Do we really need this uh, Second Sight? Do we really need you spending this money doing all this fancy shit?" Um, I would actually say yes, you do. <laughs> Weirdly, uh, it makes me want to check out the other two movies, and it really makes me interested to see that test footage for the potential reboot and see where we go with it. But yeah, this this movie. In terms of score for me, uh, I give it a 4. I really liked it. A 4 out of 5 for Extra. And there we go. That uh, concludes our Alien April episode. I'm going to close out the show, ladies and gents. I'm doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been episode 179, our April-themed episode looking at aliens. That's right, it's all about that alliteration on podcast Under the Stairs. Our alien-themed April episode looked at Extra from 1982, and that movie has won my heart um, some, what, almost 20 years since I saw it, uh, has come back and won my heart over how fucking weird and goofy and strange and bizarre that movie is uh, and worth reprisal with the caveats I mentioned in my previous review there's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs as always I say come across and check us out on Apple Podcasts subscribe to the feed leave us a rating and a review it's the best way to support us on that platform you can check us out on Stitcher Smart Radio SoundCloud Google Play and the TuneIn app as well as Spotify if you want to support the show give us some pennies get a poster or an enamel pin go to our Big Cartel page it's tputzcast.bigcartel.com if you want some older teaputz designs on funky weird shit go to Redbubble redbubble.com type in teapots cast and you can buy all weird manner of stuff over there with the Bazzi's face on it and let's be honest who doesn't want that you can interact with us on Facebook we're on two different places there if you want to speak to other listeners chat about movies and horror and all that shit you can do that by going to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teapots cast if you also want to just find out when the shows are dropping can you check out a live stream or a Thursday Thursday that's the Facebook page you want to go to facebook.com forward slash tputzcast you can interact with myself and the Baz and the Tun Prongs of social media sections Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at tputzcast the podcast Under the Stairs will return on Wednesday with a 10 Tales of Woe episode looking at Absentia but until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from Under the Stairs and I am signing off.
Yeah. <laughs> 